Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler, I'm Eric Dick, and today we're going back into the archives to All Killer No Filler episode number 86, How to Crush Email Segmentation with Pilot House Email Lead Julian and Email Coordinator Graham. This podcast is a pretty simple podcast that just lays out uh, what the number one thing is that D2C brands get wrong with email segmentation, as well as the three most important types of email segmentation. We talk about sunset flows, we talk about how to segment for your VIP customers, and we talk about how to launch new products with SMS campaigns. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope everyone's having a very happy holiday, a very Merry Christmas. Uh, today is Christmas Eve, Eve day. Uh, I've just got some final presents to wrap, and I hope that if you haven't heard this podcast before, it is a present to you uh, so that you can improve your email segmentation. Uh, I will be back in the new year with a brand new All Killer No Filler. Until then, on with the show. The goal is to get that conversion. So you really do want someone who's never bought before to become a first time buyer. Then they're in that new segment for the next time you do a sale similar to that. You really need to test the segmentation and deal structure a few times in order to figure out what is the little offer that will get someone to convert at each level. Maybe it's just free shipping for someone who's never bought before, but maybe for someone who has bought before, they need a percent discount or something along those lines. So it is definitely super important not to miss out on those kind of opportunities because everyone does need to be treated differently based off of their purchase history. Order Groove's subscription platform enables merchants to rapidly scale recurring revenue, deliver a superior subscriber experience, and maximize subscriber lifetime value. Leading merchants utilize Order Groove's powerful tools, promotions, and AI-powered personalization to drive subscriber enrollment, optimize subscriber retention, and increase average order value. Visit ordergroove.com DTC to request a complimentary audit of your existing or future subscription program. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. This is my fourth intro. Uh, I am Eric Dick, host of the D2C podcast. And today we are live with Julian Norman, the CEO of the Pilot House Email Division, as well as his frontline campaign coordinator, Graham Batty. Uh, today we're talking about the importance of email segmentation. And just to kick things off, Julian, I'm wondering if, if you could tell us what you think is the number one thing that uh, D2C brands do wrong with their email segmentation. Yeah, I mean, uh, breaking it down from D to C, there, there's a lot of uh, of segmentation issues. I think overall with email as a whole um, in email marketing, the one thing that most brands don't consider is, is segmentation uh, by engagement. Uh, a lot a lot of accounts that we uh, end up doing audits on or come in on, uh, they have really, really poor engagement segmentation set up on their account. So that means that they are just mailing their entire list. Uh, they're not mailing to people who've regularly engaged with them and therefore messaging the people who, who have the most relevancy um, or association with the brand. And I think that it's really, really important to set up those segments early on in your uh, email account so that as you do kind of tend to lose people, there, there's always like a certain amount of churn on an email account, right? Like you can't keep everybody engaged all the time um, as people would, you know, our attention spans uh, rise and fall. And at some point, those people might lose touch with your brand and that's okay. But I think that the thing that most brands get wrong is that they should always be just hammering those people. And that can really, really 
affect your sending reputation. It can ruin the relevancy of your brand to your consumers. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, treating everybody the same when really there's the best way to treat them is individualized attention. You want to treat the people who are actively contributing uh, to your email program by opening your emails, engaging with those emails the most often. Those are the people you want to be hitting. And you also want to be uh, setting up those segments so that you can remove the people uh, who aren't engaging uh, so that you can keep your costs down uh, and keep your sending reputation high. That's what I was going to dig in on a little bit. Like, you know, devil's advocate is I've got this big ass list. Why not mail them every time? You know, we're going to get all the engaged people. They're, they're going to get the message. But the real reason you don't want to do that is A, you're paying for each one of those, those people on your whatever email provider that you're using. And second of all, it could really damage your sending reputation. What is the point at which, obviously we want to be doing these segments from the beginning, but what is that threshold for email that you really need to be worried about your, uh, about your sending reputation? People have differing theories on this just from like a list hygiene perspective. Uh, but we like to say like, if you're consistently hitting anything less than like 13 to 15%, uh, you're going to start having an, an issue, anything less than that. And you're really getting into hot water. And, and that should be like your sort of benchmark. Um, if your campaigns are not hitting that, uh, you should be um, split testing your, op uh, your, your open rate by subject line. Uh, preview text. You can test your, your sender's name as well. Uh, you really want to get that first initial open metric up and then worry about the, the click-through rate and conversion rate after because the open rate is, is the one that, that really uh, is the, the first problem uh, that, will, that will send negative metrics back to the inbox providers and, and ruin your sending reputation. What are the three most important types of email segmentation, would you say? I think that really does depend on your industry. Like the brands that we deal with uh, most typically here is, is an e-commerce brand, uh, DC e-commerce. Um, and so for us, it's, it's a little bit different than, than some other industries. Um, engagement is, is, is huge for uh, if you're sending a newsletter, right? Because you want, you want to maximize the amount of people that, are, that have eyeballs on your content. And then, of course, you want them to click through to, to your website uh, so you can retarget them, give them give them offers, things like that. But one of the segments that we think is, is really, really important um, because we are Klaviyo specialists is uh, the, the viewed and purchased product um, segments. Um, so you can set up a, a segment of people who've viewed your product if you have the viewed product uh, script. Uh, attached to your e-commerce store. Um, and then obviously any e-commerce portal will have a, a payment gateway. Uh, so you can also track whether people have bought your product or not. You could set it up so that they had viewed at a certain time period and bought at a certain time period. Those are those are segmentation options that you can you can really play with. And people who saw and them. bought right away, who bought really quick. Uh, or like yeah, or, or saw and bought at the same segments. time. Yes, or sorry, sorry to... Uh, to jump in there. But yeah, so it's who, who saw in X amount of days and bought in X amount of days. You can set up that segment. Um, but really, those two, especially if you're selling a, a product that, you know, that is coming to somebody's door, you really want to work on uh, figuring out, okay, if I'm sending out a campaign that features this product, it's the hero image of my, of my email campaign, um, am I going to be sending this to people who, who bought the product less than 30 days ago, if it's a 30-day consumable product, or am I going to be sending it to people who bought it more than 30 days ago and the people who've viewed the product? So those are like two really nice 
segments that you can play a lot with um, when you're building these campaigns and uh, basing it around a certain product or a certain service that you offer. And then I would say, I'm trying to think of the third one that really, really brings up the rear there. I would say probably um, the, the next one is actually engagement for us, at least. Like it's, it's one of the ones that we don't like to miss in any send. Um, and, and we actually really enjoy uh, segmenting with unengaged people to try and re-engage them and then sending a, the same campaign duplicated to our engaged segment to compare the metrics and also to build that engagement, um, that engaged segment. So we, we don't do this every time because obviously we want to protect our reputation. We want to keep metrics high. But uh, when we've got a client with a big, big sale, uh, and we don't want to miss out on any of that that potential revenue. Uh, we will typically segment out to the engaged segment and the unengaged segment for both purchasers and viewers um, in differing formats, uh, and then just kind of analyze the metrics as they come back and say, okay, well, we got this many opens on the unengaged segment. All those people now live in our engaged segment, and the next send that we send out uh, will have that many more potential recipients. We talk about having. Um you know, wanting to know who your most engaged people are, but that still leaves a big chunk of your list who are potentially unengaged. And it's not like you want to stop messaging them. It's not like you just, you don't want to just delete them right away. I remember when even I was setting up some of the, the unengagement flows on um, on the newsletter, which we've started working together on. I was like, okay, you know, send them a message. If they don't, if they don't open that message, they're off the list. And so I had this instinct of cutting people off the list, but you definitely don't want to be that ruthless. Can you talk a little bit about how you segment on the back half of engagement for the people that aren't as engaged? Yeah, so um, mo most ESPs now will have a, a more or less like a win back uh, engagement um, flow. And what you can do is you can set your window of engagement that makes the most sense for you as, as a business. Um, and, you know, for some people that could be as little as, you know, 30 days. But typically uh, you sit around this 30 to 90 day range um, and you want to give people a little bit of time. Like you, we're, we're all busy, right? Like. Some of us have multiple inboxes and we're getting hundreds of emails a day or even more in some cases, if it's like multiple work inboxes. Um, and if you're saying, well, after 30 days, when I send only three emails a month, I'm going to cut these people. You're not really giving them the chance to re-engage with your brand. Um, and, and they could want to, but they're just busy people. They have, we all have busy lives and we got things to do. And sometimes the inbox just kind of gets left behind. So setting up your engagement at a frequency of sends that makes sense to you as a brand is really, really important. Uh, I know that we talked about with DTC, it was like, you know, well, we send at least once a week um, and, and our, our core sends are, are once a week currently. I think that's twice. No, yeah, we're up to twice now. Yeah, so we're up to twice now, right? So if we're doing two a week, um, and we set our engagement at one month, that's eight emails that they've missed out on. That's still pretty, that's still pretty like excusable, uh, I guess I would say. So we ended up making that one, I think two months and that's like, you know, that's 16 emails. So if you don't open up uh, a DTC email after 16 emails, like you're probably not that engaged with the brand. Uh, and at that point, that's where we want to uh, put you in your own segment uh, and attempt to either win you back with some really, really catchy subject lines, some really, really high value content um, that we know is hit for the brand before and get you back in the folds so that we can start sending you all the fresh content, the fresh, amazing content that we know we're putting out. 
after that, you know, after so much unengagement within that segment, we built the the inactive segment uh, where, you know, it's basically like what, what they call in, in Klaviyo and, and some other uh, email service providers, the sunsetter flow, where you basically give somebody a, a last chance or a last ditch offer um, to re-engage with the brand before you decide to purge them from your list. Nice. Before the nuclear option. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, yeah, I mean, some people just go nuclear, but it's pretty rare. I think it's pretty rare. I think more people err on the side of, they just don't even, they don't even fathom the idea of, of pulling people from their list because they feel either obligated to keep them there or they feel like there's some value there. It, it could be marginally true, but I think it's, it's much better to have a clean list of people who really care about your brand than a large list of people who don't. It's kind of just like you want to treat the people who engage with your brand the most often with your content because your content is valuable. Any other segments, Graham, that you that you've sort of on the on the front lines you find yourself setting up that you found kind of work in campaigns? Campaign specific, it really depends. So we do uh, a lot of product specific sales, somewhat like a flash sale, and then those you really do need to get very specific with your segmentation. So something that's important is if you have a sale for a specific product or say a buy product X, get product Y, you almost want to exclude some people who have bought that product within the last couple days because the odds of them wanting to buy it again if they had just bought it are quite low. Even if you are hitting them with a nice deal, it's, it's unfortunate timing because you're putting this deal so it's hard to know if they were wanting to buy a day or two before but you don't want to hit them with an email right after because it might almost even upset them to see that there's a deal a day after they bought the product. So it's really important to set up segments like that. And even that ties into the view uh, product uh, is that you hit them with that sale because they are someone who has checked out the product if they're one of the ones who haven't bought it just before. So that's something that we've been running with some brands that's definitely don't want to miss that. That's a great tip. It's like everyone's number one gripe with advertising is, is, and it's something Google still hasn't figured out or Amazon still hasn't figured out in that after I bought something, I really don't need another, you know, whatever it was. I remember there was something on the internal channels the other day about someone getting hit up with a new toilet or something and be like, yeah, it's like a toilet seat, like a week after they got a toilet seat, no one's going to get a second one. Yeah. But even that idea of, and I've done this as well, when you're, when you're offering promotions to make sure that people that just bought, you know, make sure that they're not feeling like they got ripped off. I think that's a a great, great instinct as well. The other segment I was wondering about, I feel like email and SMS really go hand in hand. And and we always talk about SMS on the, uh, on the show, uh, you know, as, as a way to sort of like treat your VIP customers. So even before jumping into SMS, that would be another segment I'd like to explore, which is like, have we ever done something for, you know, high level customers, high level, your, your most valuable VIP customers? I'll let Graham take it away on this one because he's actually set up quite a few of these. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've had a few date specific sales or campaigns going out. For example, we did a Valentine's Day one a uh, month or so ago. And that one we had actually very specific segments for the whole send. It was a different offer for each segment. And wow. so we had a, I believe we did four. So we had people who had never bought, people who had bought once people had bought two to three times and then people have done plus three and so the plus three those are vips they're highly engaged with the brand and so you do want to hit them with a a special exclusive offer that you don't give to everyone else and it actually really gives us an opportunity to test and see what we can do to get someone to move from one segment to the next because the goal is to get that conversion right so you really do want someone who's never bought before to become a first-time buyer 
because then they're in that new segment for the next time you do a sale similar to that. And you really need to test the segmentation and deal structure a few times in order to figure out what is the little offer that will get someone to convert at each level? Because obviously it's different. Maybe it's just free shipping for someone who's never bought before, but maybe free shipping doesn't work for someone who has bought before. They need a, they need a percent discount or something along those lines. So it is definitely super important not to miss out on those kind of opportunities because everyone does need to be treated differently based off of their purchase history. This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the email and text marketing platform that puts D2C brands in control. If you're the leader of a D2C brand, you need a platform that hustles as hard as you do. Klaviyo unlocks the power of your e-commerce data so you can personalize and automate messages that keep customers coming back. D2C brands communicate with Klaviyo. Get started for free at klaviyo.com slash DTC. That's a really great example. There's a... Something we've talked about a few times on here is this, there's a restaurant where, where you go, they keep track of how many times you go there. And each time you go there, you have a slightly different, more like elevated experience to the point where your tenth dinner is free or something like that. And so it, obviously segmenting like this has the effect of, you know, maybe improving conversions and you know, giving you lots of learnings, but it also is going to just build your customer loyalty because the customers that do recognize that you're recognizing them. Um, for their loyalty, offering them something special, something unique. It's just going to enhance the customer relationship in, in, a, in a compounding way, which is like the whole point of email is just like the backbone of your e-commerce in a way, right? That just sort of like really, you know, it, it's the it's the customer relationship that you own the most, right? Yeah. And deals aside, it's also the language in each of those segmentations because you're going to speak to someone who's purchased many times way different than someone who hasn't. Like you really do treat them and speak to them as someone that you do care about because you do. They're the most important people to your brand at that point. They're so involved. They're repeat purchasers and they're people who you want to keep around because they're always going to be coming back. And so, like I mentioned, you just want to slowly move people or quickly, if you can, move them into those next levels where you can uh, get them more engaged with the brand and treat them even better than you were before. Love it. And then you escalate that to the next level, potentially, you know, if you've got a product that has some real scarcity, for instance, and if you have a product where you're doing drops or where you're dropping new products or launching new products, I feel like getting graduating up that top level or, or any, any, you know, anyone who will give you their phone number really to be able to tell them, you know, at, via SMS when these new products drop, when there is real scarcity, that to me is like a really great use case for SMS and your VIP clients. Yeah, we actually, um, we, we've, we've had a couple clients where this has been massively, massively successful. Eric, you bring up a really, really good point. Um, those people who have, uh, you know, a certain average order value, the people who have a certain number of orders, or the people who have uh, a total order value of a certain amount, um, when you decide that they're VIP uh, and you message them before anybody else, like I remember, Graham, one time I think we did three hours before a product release, we released on SMS to our VIP segment and the revenue from the VIP segment in three hours outweighed the revenue from the regular engaged list over like two different, um, over two other sends over 24 hours. And that's just because you know that those people are primed, they're ready. And you also tell them, hey, just so you know, because you're a VIP, you got first access in three hours or six hours or 24 hours, 
we're going to release this to everybody else. So get it first while you can kind of thing. And that's where you can add that urgency. Uh, you've got exclusivity in there. Um, you can even give them their own, you know, with their own coupon code, which is a really, really nice way to add like an extra little touch to that, to that VIP segment. Um, so there, there's just, once you've established that segment, uh, you can really, really play around with it. Love it. Any wacky or out of the box segments that we've ever tried? I'm thinking like you just go on your list and you're like, everyone named Mark gets 15% off. And you're like, hey, Mark, all my Marks get 15% off. Like, have we ever tried anything wacky like that? No, but I really like that idea. <laughs> Honestly, I think that would do so well. Imagine getting an email that says, hey, Mark, here's an exclusive deal for Mark. All yeah, marks get this deal. It's international the coupon mark. Coupon code is mark. <laughs> it's international <laughs> mark. The coupon code is mark. You can even send them to a customized landing page. Potentially, we're getting crazy here. You could really get some really uh, dynamic stuff there. Okay, I think we've just developed a new kind of thought leadership here, which is always great to have on the podcast. There, there's a couple other ones that have kind of come up recently that I think are are also really cool, and I think that a lot of people don't know these ones exist, uh, even like long time. Clavio uh, users or brands that are on Clavio, and I don't know if all other brands have this this granularity uh, to their segmentation. Like we've worked with lots of other email service providers, and we very rarely see that level of gran granular segmentation. Um, but one of them is like being able to uh, predict gender. You know, for instance, like we did an audit on a on a, cl a potential client account. It was it was like a prospective client. And they're a men's clothing brand. And they were convinced that they knew everything about their audience. And one of the first things I did was, okay, well, you know, this is a men's clothing brand. It's high style, like good looking men's clothing. How many of these people in this audience are actually men? And I looked it up and it was 37% of their audience was actually female. And they had no idea, right? So like, that's an assumption that you can now go and test, right? So now um, that was like one of the first things I said to them when I, when I gave them their audience breakdown. And they said, really, there's 37% of our audience is female. And it's just that most people don't look, right? You're not typically looking at the name of the person. And that's how Clavio decides. So it's not like a perfect science, right? It's not, it's not an exact percentage, um, but it gives you a, a gauge of, of what your audience actually looks like from a gender perspective. It gets a little murky, like you don't want to go, you don't want to take a hard line on, a, on content for that. But that could be something where you you test putting uh, on a brand that has both male and female versions of their products that you put the female first in the email for the people who are predictably a female and you put the males first for the, the section of that segment that is predictably male. And you can see quite interesting results from that. And we, do, we don't have a ton of brands that we utilize it for, but it's really, really one of those kind of like it's like one of those like mad, mad scientist uh, segments that you can that you can have a lot of fun with. And then the other one uh, that I think is really underrated in Clavio that that people really don't know exists is the uh, predicted next purchase date. I just want um, to ask about this because every client like they have different life cycles of their of, of their products. Yeah, and and you know d depending on whether you're a CPG company uh, with your where your product is like a thirty day supply, or you know you sell like uh, photography or or signage or something like that, like your product's going to have a different life cycle. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't fully understand how the segmentation works, so it's not one that we utilize for a lot of accounts. Um, typically, it's easiest to do it for a consumable. But Clavio takes the frequency of purchase on the on the, the list of people who have multiple purchases and predicts when the next one will be. 
Um, and I think we looked at, at like a, a pretty decent list size. Uh, it was a small list of people that were actually predicted within that time span of the actual good being uh, consumed. So, but that but that small segment is is prime. Like they're 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 the best people you could ask for to send um, a campaign to for this product because you know that they're regularly consuming that product. We were just talking with Brunt Workwear on the podcast this week, and and you know people wear through their work boots at, at different rates, but they do they know when on average people wear through these work boots if you're working every day in these boots. So just having that kind of built in would be a really incredible feature for them. That's that's a great tip. Mm -hmm. And and then you can also like if you have that knowledge and you and you can set that standard, you can also build those segments yourself, right? Like if you know your product is a thirty day supply, well, chances are if you send out to people. 30 days after a purchase, there's a really good chance that they're, that they're going to be looking to buy again. I think we covered a lot about email segmentation here. Was there anything that I haven't brought up that I should have asked? I don't think there's anything you haven't brought up that you should have asked, but there, the thing about segmentation is really like, that's where you have the most control as an, as a mailer or an, a sender of SMS. And, um, I just would really encourage people to really explore the options of their platform, figure out what sort of unique things the platform offers in terms of segmentation. Can you utilize that segment in a flow as well as a campaign? Because we didn't even really talk about flows. Like you can segment within a flow uh, and send people down different conditional pathways based on you know the frequency of their purchases, the, the amount of their purchases, like things like that. Um, Just to be clear, the segmentations are the audience makeup, and then the flows are what you do about it. Yeah, so right. the, uh, the and the flows are the automations that you build based on those triggers. Um, but you can build segmentation into those as well. It's just a bit of a different, it's almost like a reverse engineering of, seg of segmentation, where it's mainly conditional statements that choose that. And then what's the goal? This is one other note that we had here that we didn't quite get to as well. Is like, what, what do you see, you know, when people think about segmentation, obviously, you know, if you follow it, you're like, okay, I could segment, I could segment so much. And each segment could get their own customer, you know, and, and it becomes an overwhelming thought with a lot of people about how much customization you can do, how much actual dynamism you can reasonably actually get into your business and into these customer messages. What should people be aiming for when it comes to uh, like email customization like this? I mean, yeah, it really depends on how much resources you have to throw at it, right? And that, that's a very good point because if you are, are a brand owner and you do your own marketing and your own merchandising and you also run the website and you know what I mean? Like that's where you're going to have less resources. So you want to really rely on those baked in um, tried and true segments that, that make your life easier. But if you are a full-time email marketer for a brand or you run email marketing for multiple brands, there really is a bunch of options that you can utilize. But I would say, like, again, just kind of to bring it back to a the beginning of the presentation, you want to leverage engagement. You want to leverage purchase history or purchase intent, um, product views, things like that. You, you want to leverage the ones that are going to make your life the, the easiest and then get really, really granular from there and, and start customizing the content in your, um, in your sense to really, really make an impact for your audience. 
Very cool. Awesome. Well, this has been a very awesome podcast on segmentation. And I think we can kind of continue the conversation in, in a future one. I know we're going to be working on a workshop, I think, in the upcoming future uh, as well for D2C+. Excited for that as the, the email team just continues to grow, eh? Yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're going on six people soon. So we're, we're pretty happy, you know, less than a year ago, it was just, uh, just myself and, and one other, uh, one other employee, and, and now we're six strong. And, uh, and I think by the end of the year, our, our projection is to have a, a full team of 10. So we have you know, probably about 500, 600 people will be listening to this. And I'm sure some of them are like, how could I work with this deep voiced Julian and his fine mustachioed friend, Graham? Uh, I, I would imagine they, they might, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. It's uh, NormanJ88 uh, on Twitter. Um, you can reach out to us uh, through the the Pilot House channels or or you know even the the DTC uh, socials there. And yeah, we we are hiring. So if you've got some chops um, in Clavio or any other uh, email service provider, please uh, drop us a line and let us know you're looking because we're always looking to pick up good talent and clients. There's a lot of clients listening as well out there. You want to work with Pilot House, you want to work with Julian, get in touch. Absolutely, yeah. Always I, looking for more clients. Because I know more we're just starting. More clients means more employees. So more even clients better. means crazier team. Because I know we're starting at Pilot House to take on, like right now, I think a lot of the clients we bring on are, are on a, with us for Facebook, with us for Google. But but I, I know that w- with the amount of hires and the, the thought leadership that you're bringing to the table here, you're also looking for clients that will get email first and then bring in the other way. Yeah, and it's actually been it, it's kind of been interesting. You, uh, the 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 flow of deals has really uh, started to change in that way. Where you know before it was kind of uh, email was included in a deal, where now we're actually actively going out and hunting our own deals, uh, or or pulling in clients who've been on Facebook for like for you know over a year or more with uh, Pilot House and just don't have a team uh, to manage their email or their SMS. So yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Developing the, the the division has been it's been such a wild ride, but I, I can't uh, I can't say I have any regrets at all. I'm really really excited. And Graham's been there almost from the beginning with me as well. So uh, he'll be he'll be moving up moving up as we expand. Thank you very much for coming on All Killer No Filler today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, really really uh, really always a good time, man. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.